heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. What's remarkable to me at this moment of time is the ripple effect that is uh, really hitting every aspect of our lives through society in so many ways. And, and, and I can sum it up in one four-letter word, actually. And that four-letter word does start with F, and it is the word fear, for sure. Uh, there's a lot of fear out there. People are fearful. And, and you know, there's this uh, sense of... Uh, so much uncertainty and and I, the sense is that it just keeps layering on and layering on and many people uh, continue to say okay malcolm which which way is normal again it, like are we ever getting back to some semblance of normal in our lives surely it's a question everybody's asking now remember we we've also heard a lot of people talking about that new normal and a lot of us blew it off Many of us thought that's not going to happen. We're not giving you a new normal. And that was kind of our hit back to a lot of the people on the crazy left, the, the lunacy farm there. We would say, no, there is no new normal. We're not giving you that in America. We want to get back to America traditions. And you know what I mean when I say that, right? I mean, surely innovating and pushing the ball forward, but there's beautiful things and about being an American and things in this life that potentially I would suggest to you we've probably taken for granted even. Maybe that's one way to question to look at. Are, you know, are we paying the price for that? Really? Uh, you think we are? By taking things for granted, that is. You know, a lot of us took things for granted in this country, thinking we had it too easy, maybe, you know? And, uh, and I was worried about that, really. You know, are we taking our country for granted? Where are we at exactly? So now we're, we're seeing now, we, so let, let's break this down when we talk about the ripple effect, okay? Uh, and, and, you know, try to find what we believe the answers are moving forward. So now you've got all of this infighting happening. You've got families that are fighting within families. Now, listen, I, I get communications in here every hour of the day from people all around the world, okay? Surely. And they, they pour their hearts out to to this network to me and uh, uh, you know looking for answers uh, with you know so many personal situations they're dealing with right and and they are desperate for answers but there's this divide within the families the unit itself uh, with you know our jobs our business life and the forced vaccines the forced mandates the pressures coming on from all of the economic factors. Now you've got, you know, a lot of this stuff happening in the school system. You've got this push now where if you have younger kids or so and they're in the school system, whereas, you know, parents are starting to raise up and they're starting to push back. And you're seeing that a lot of school board meetings and central to this, of course, have been a lot of the meetings that have become very vocal out of Virginia. But, but it's happening everywhere. It's happened from sea to sea. It's happening absolutely everywhere. And, and we've been talking about this. You know, parents have to get back and push back. Now, it, it, so much that, you know, a lot of this is being silenced and stifled. And it seems like any time we, you know, we talk about, you know, 
right? Rising up, rising up and pushing back. And then there's this stifling and silence in happening, just in the case of the Biden administration of the FBI. Uh, and, the, you know, these extended mandates and all of that, and then them coming back on and investigating parents and making it uncomfortable. And you know what they're doing at these school board meetings? They're, they're doing, there's a lot of trickery going on. They're, they're um, how do you say, you know, if you go to the meetings, they make it difficult, inconvenient. They, uh, they lessen the amount of speakers, parents who can talk, and they lessen the amount of time one gets to air their grievances, you see? So that's the way they stifle things down. And then they come back out on the other side and say, yeah, you can go and voice your opinion. They don't really want your opinion. They just want to give a public, you know, soundbite out there that says they give a rat's ass when they truly don't care. You know, and so we're seeing that in a lot of the school boards because parents, you know, you, you can only put so much, you can only put up with so much of this stuff. Okay. At some point there, there, you've crossed the line. And I think it becomes very personal in your homes when it impacts your family life and your kids and your grandkids and others. Now, and now it becomes a little, per it's no longer somebody else's problem. It's no longer somebody down the boulevard, someone in the neighborhood, but you really don't care about if it's their problem, but now it's in your home. Yeah, and, and kind of, I, I think we're looking at America right now, and it's kind of becoming a team sport, isn't it, a little bit, you know? Many of us didn't think that, but it is sort of having to become a team sport, pretty much, if we're going to be successful in this pushback. Now, listen, there are a lot of people all over our network talking about this pushback and why that needs to happen. But again, the stifling and the silence of voices are happening everywhere. Now you hear the next fear in the ripple effect. Oh, my God, you're not going to have anything for Christmas. Well, sure, there's a supply chain problem. And, you know, as soon as this started happening over the last week, I immediately knew what was going to take place. You, you just know it immediately. As soon as they start the sound bites of this potential supply chain problem, which, by the way, they've known about for some time, you knew that they were going to speak about it incessantly because that's what the media does. It's one story and they beat it like a drum beat. They beat it into your head uh, until you understand and that supply chain problem is going to create fear, just like with COVID when there was a toilet paper shortage, right? And everybody ran to the stores to get the toilet paper. Remember that, right? And, and the fear creates more fear. So, oh, my God, I got to get a few more rolls of toilet paper, you see? Uh, and so that's what happens. And then people, there's no more toilet paper you can get. And then you got to use tissue. Right? Depends what sort of brand of tissue you have. Does it work or doesn't it work? But that gets a little more personal, potentially, you see. But that, that whole fear factor, it's, it's supply and demand, supply and demand. And, and that's what's happening now. So now you see the fear. So I've been thinking about this fear thing. And, you know, and I, and I, I think over this past many days and I'm thinking, I, I just can't believe this. I, I, I cannot believe this. I can't believe we're going to throw one more thing on the American people and on our American families, we're gonna, we're gonna give them more. Now they're gonna worry about, my God, food, basic food items, you know, stuff, because everybody's gotta buy stuff. I mean, we all like stuff, right? Whatever your stuff is, might be different than my stuff, but we like stuff, right? And then there's Christmas. Now you're thinking ahead, well, Tom, am I gonna be in a bad set? I mean, what, am I gonna have nothing for little Johnny and Susie now for Christmas? I mean, and then a lot of people don't have the extra money to throw in or to buy it early. You know, that's why a lot of the late shoppers, because 
a lot of people are just dealing with life stuff, let alone Christmas. And now when you add Christmas on, you know, it, it has more, pre- all of this is pressure, people. It's all pressure. It's all stress. It's all fear. And, and we, we, we become unraveled. I mean, you know, then you're in the checkout line and you see some, you know, Mr. Smith over there and you start a little brawl and a fight in the line because, you know, you're not happy. And we, we, we don't know what to do with those feelings. That We become an outraged. But now they're showing the pictures on the, and, and by the way, I went in the morning, I went through all the channels, channel surfing, just to see what, you know, all, all the Marxist channels were doing, the, the NNBCs and the CNNs and the BCBs and the CBSs and the, the FOXs and all of them, just to see. And they're all sort of locking step a little bit here, you know, about this. And they're showing the visuals of the empty store shelves. So you get the effect of, my God, there's going to be nothing left. We better run to the store quick, Marge. Get in the car. Start it up. Get the air conditioner running. I'll be right with you. Got to get down to the store now and get all that stuff. Need the stuff. And so the, the now we're and now we're going to go to the store. We'll be at the Sam's and the Costco's and the WalMarts and the, whatever the stores are and that you buy your stuff in. And you know all that fear you'll be bringing into the store. And now, how much patience do you have? How, how much patience, right? Somebody steps on you, says the wrong thing. You say, shut the hell up. It's none of your damn business. I'll buy as many rolls of toilet paper as I want. And that's it. Now you've got that whole problem happening. Really, though, this happens. This, this is really. And so all of this fear is this ripple effect now that's playing out. And I started thinking more about it. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this is unbelievable. I mean, how much more can we take? How much more? I mean, how much more people can we really take? I mean, really, though, there's so much of this and it's not stopping. And that ripple effect is just layering on now. And you've got job losses and I see it's everybody. And they say, well, there are not a lot of people that want to work. So there's, you know, you're unemployed. There are a lot of people that are leaving the, the job force. Well, how are they leaving the job force? Well, they're getting money from the government. Well, what? so what is that all about? Well, we know what that's about. We talked about this two years ago. We knew this was part of the entree of where they were going, this whole socialism thing. Now it's playing out in real terms here, and it's impacting everybody. And so the supply chain now is the next fear element. You're not going to have stock. You forget Christmas. We'll be, you know, we'll be canceling Christmas next. Well, well, you know, I always wanted to move Christmas into like May or June, June or July, something like that. Uh, maybe that I wanted to move it as far away from, uh, you know, what Christmas really was, which was the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, I wanted to, you know, I, I never liked that, actually, where we got, you know, again, I always blame the three kings for this. I, I thought they were really the... Um, the troublemakers for this whole thing where we got all the gift given and all of that at Christmas time. And I always wanted to, as a young lad, I always seen that it was too commercialized Christmas. And I thought, why can't we just have that a separate day where we go and we all go broke with our credit cards and buy each other all these crazy gifts and not just one or two, but a whole bunch max out the cards and well, maybe do that in May or June. We'll do that away from, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the components of what Christmas is. Well, of course, they started doing that already years ago when they blew up the manger scene and then they put Xmas. So well, they, they've already been attacking God and any form of uh, faith that you might have. Now, that, that's been under attack for a long time, many years now. 
But uh, but maybe that's the answer this year, since there's not going to be any stuff to buy. We'll just move Christmas and then we can celebrate it some other time. Maybe June 25th be a good day. July 25th. I don't really care. Just pick another date somewhere and we can do the gift given then. And we'll, we'll get back to Christmas appreciating this life and looking at our uh, uh, our faith and looking at God Almighty and celebrating this world and thinking, wow, this is a beautiful thing here. This Christmas, that's the intent for Christmas, the, the birth of Jesus Christ. There it is. Christmas, Christ, Christ, miss, Christ, Christ, not X. That was the whole impact of that, right? And again, and, and anybody can celebrate anything they want, whatever religion or faith they are, they can do the same thing. Nothing wrong with that. Well, this ripple effect is definitely having an impact. It's having an impact on all of our families, our lives. Uh, the the uh, temperature in the room is rising. People are uncomfortable. And uh, I'm here to say there's a price to pay for all of this now. Um, and it's not it's no laughing matter. And so I'm thinking here ahead, what's it going to be like? You know, right now they're talking about just getting through the end of the year. And, you know, there's just not the proper leadership, number one. We don't have the proper leadership. Uh, so you're not getting, you know, why do these problems exist to begin with? Why are we creating? And, it, and it's like all these problems, they're, we're inhaling them. They're, they're self-induced. I mean, these are problems that are totally avoidable. You know, it's, it's like we keep banging our hand and we're bruising ourselves to no end. And, but they're all avoidable, people. These are pro problems we're bringing on ourselves. And, and that ripple effect is coming through the entire country. People are becoming unglued. You're going to find a lot of short patients. You know, you're, we talk about road rage. Uh, you're going to see a lot more of that out there. And then also social media rage. That's also another thing where you tell each other to go to hell on social media, as people do, and put their feelings out there and, you know, rip everybody up. I mean, that's a game people play all the time. You're probably going to see an escalation of that as well. Of course, they'll just cancel you if you hit the step on the uh, the wrong political conversation. They'll just throw you off. That's what they do. That's their answer there. Uh, we've seen that. So let's have a conversation today, my fellow Americans, about this ripple effect and what's taking place and the impact to real families. Uh, what's taking place. Now, there is pushback happening from some of the red states. One of the biggest things we're seeing now is this vaccine mandate has created an enormous amount of pressure. And I'm talking life and death pressure, I'm not talking no easy thing here. I read hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails that come in and comments, listeners, the people that, again, pour their, their personal stories out and really looking for answers. Many of them have been put in a very uncompromising uh, situation with these mandates uh, that are making them make decisions, very difficult decisions, like giving up your livelihood. You know, and let's face it, people, we all got to have a check at the end of the week, right? We got to be able to pay the bills to support the family, to be able to buy the stuff, to be able to do the things, or there'll be no Christmas, there'll be no turkey, there'll be no ham, there'll be no nothing. And think about what that world looks like right now. I mean, that, that'll, you know, these next set of problems coming up, what worries me the most is that They'll, they may be so uncomfortable that we'll wish COVID was back. We'll think about the days when we were locked down and all that was going on when they locked the dog park down. And we'll look at those are the better days. Well, that would really be disgusting, wouldn't it? I mean, and that's the layering effect and that ripple effect of all of this. So the problems keep getting bigger and better and, you know, they have an impact on our lives. And, you know, we, have, we tend to have short memories uh, we'll, we'll then really forget what that other normal was like when life was peaceful, when we thought it was peaceful, when all we were worried about was terrorist activities 
and people coming up and blowing us up or something. That's the simpler days, you know? <laughs> and now we got all of this. So, you know, there's a lot packed in there to really understand. But some of the red states are pushing back now on these vaccine mandates. DeSantis has been doing it. Abbott's been doing it. I mean, your, your biggest states, Texas and Florida, are absolutely pushing back. They become magnets for a lot of conservatives speak, a lot of patriots. And, uh, you know, as the, what's happened now the next uh, last few days, if you've been paying attention here, is the Labor Department. They're now taking the next step to mandate, to enforce. And I love the word enforce. And this is where I envision them, you know, as I warned you about years ago, when you hear the boots walking down the boulevard in your neighborhood, uh, and, you know, you're, you're going to do this, that, and the other, you'll know that the warning I gave you several years ago is now the reality of your life. And for those who think it doesn't matter and you've turned the other cheek or ignored it all, you'll really know it has real world impacts on everybody. And you'll also understand there, there, some part of this life is a team sport. And when it comes to America and being an American, it, it is a, a team sport and the, the salvation of our nation and our, our liberties, what we stand for as a people. So this mandate from Biden and company here, his cabal were, uh, was very simple. All federal employees were all mandated. You will get the vaccine. Uh, never had this moment in our lives, unprecedented in nature, but the pressure and the fear of that, people who have other health concerns, other things going on in their life, I mean, they're losing their collective minds. And they're, it's just a little, it's more than just being uncomfortable. These people are fearful and they're sick to their stomachs and they don't know what to do. And these dates are coming up now in October, November, uh, you know, and they're being pushed and they're being, you will get this or you're fired, you're gone, you're gonna lose your job. And then say, what, what am I going to do next? And then I think about that unemployment rate and all the people who don't want to work. And there's a shortage everywhere, which none of this really, you, you start to do the math and it's like we're missing a few pieces of this jigsaw puzzle. You know, something doesn't, okay, there's a lot of jobs. What do they pay? And then people are leaving the job workforce. Then you got the government still doling out money. And you got people that are just trying to hang on to their careers who went to school and become very good at doing something. They don't want to lose their career, whatever it is, their expertise. But they're being threatened because the, the mandate from the Biden administration, who, by the way, totally unconstitutional, he has no right to do this. But unless he's called out and backed off the ledge or people say, Mr. President, you're, we're not doing it. Again, rising up. He's, they're going to do it. They're going to push the boundaries and get away with everything they possibly can. And it's happening. It's happening. And so that, that 100 or more um, employees you know, uh, and, and that's, you know, that, that's a mandate from the federal government that says you will do this. And so all these businesses now are scrambling and now there's a job shortage there. But, you know, when it comes down to it and it's the salvation of your life uh, and, you know, are you going to, um, you know, are you go I, I mean, breathing, breathing, living and dying is, is a pretty dramatic difference between the two. And when you have to make a decision like that in your personal life, you know, some things go out the window, including a job at that point. And that's where a lot of people are making this very, very difficult decision to think, OK, what do I do? Uh, do I give up the job or do I hold on to it? So uh, Governor Abbott, uh, real quickly, Texas uh, governor there, he and this is well, this is interesting, but. But I applaud the governor for doing this. He issued an executive order in his state. He, he is, let, let's be clear. He's the executive commander in chief of his state, not Biden. The federal government doesn't own that state. The, we created the federal government, not the other way around. These people work for us. You know, again, we talked about the 10th Amendment and the state's rights. And, 
you know, what needs to happen ahead. The federal government's gotten too big for their britches is the problem. Well, Abbott said enough of that. He, he, he did his own executive order. <laughs> totally in the face of this other one. You know, this one here, he's banning businesses and other private entities in his state from requiring and mandating these COVID-19 vaccinations for employees. You're not going to do it in my state. No, he says, you're not doing it. And so he's pushing back. Well, the, of course, the White House didn't like that. The press secretary didn't like that. Nobody liked that. And they called, of course, they know Abbott is on the other side of the ideological fence and he's not going to have it. And so now you've got a war happening within the states and the federal government. But that really is where the war is going to be fought right now. And quite frankly, I'll say one other thing, and then I want to bring a gentleman on here in just a moment, but I'll say one other thing about this, and that is that, you know, I talked to you a while back about this pushback of states, but I'll tell you what, if you take all of the, and when you say red states, what we're basically talking about is states who believe in people's liberties. We're talking states, uh, commanders who believe in the Constitution. We're talking states that really are patriots to the United States of America. We're talking states that these are the kinds of people who stand up for the flag. They don't sit on their asses. They're patriotic. They put their hand on their heart. They're happy. They're blessed to be in the United States of America. That's what we mean by red states. You got that? That's what we mean by that. You see, it's not now the blue states. Well, these are people who have, you know, far left leniencies, Marxist tendencies. These are people who want to control your life. You don't have any liberties. These are people who are lock and stick with the Biden cabal. Uh, this is complete control of your life from cradle to grave. Now, I gave you a beautiful description of red state and blue state. Now, you know what I'm talking about. OK, that's the difference between the two right there. Hey, if the red states got together and band together and push back on the feds, that's what needs to happen. And you can call that whatever you want. You can call that whatever. You can call it a civil war, a revolutionary war, a moment in time, or just we're not going to put up with your mm, Mr. President. Maybe that's what it is. But that that that's where the pressure is. If you want to cut the federal government off from the knees and stop them in their tracks, that's the way to do it. Let me bring on here a gentleman here, Tom Weirman. I had him on Viewpoint this Sunday. And uh, Tom was a physical education teacher, a really great guy. Um, 20 years, I mean, working at this thing. I mean, you know, you kind of love your job when you spend 20 years working at it. I mean, like I was an advertising executive, a marketing guy. I, I, I produced, uh, directed television, radio stuff, that kind of thing. And I did it for about 20, 25 years, same, you know, a long time. And so, you know, you kind of like what you do when you're there for a long time like that. But Tom's are doing that. He's out of the Bronx, New York uh, is where he worked. And um, but like a lot of people, he didn't live that particular area, lived in another area, another state. But, the, you know, long drive to work, commute, all of that. I wonder if he misses that at this point. But he was put in the uncompromising situation as I'm sad to say to you, millions of Americans are being put in right now. And it's got a family, got children, wife, all of that, responsibilities. Uh, and now you've got, you, you know, you either get the vaccine or you don't, in which case you, you give up your job. And he put a Facebook post out there, which I thought was very well worded and pr pretty, pretty good stuff there. And uh, so, Tom, you, you're put in the same position uh, so many others have, are, are being put right now, Tom. And I, I, again, I read the messages. You, you hear what I say up front here when I, I put this argument out there about what I call the ripple effect and how it's destroying our lives. You know, and I'm an optimist. I believe in our country. I believe in Americans. I believe in people all the way across the board. And I believe people are entitled to their own opinions, their own religious beliefs, their own whatever. I just don't want you pushing that stuff on me. 
That's simple, man. You can believe whatever the hell you want to believe. But at this point now, this hit your. This was a real impact to, in your life, your world right now. Uh, and you had to make some difficult decisions. Your life's been turned upside down. Now you hear the supply chain problem. Now you see there might not be anything for Christmas. There might be going to buy a turkey, let alone anything else on the shelf. What do you make of all this right now, Tom? I'm talking at 50,000 feet now with all the fear being put on and the rippling impact that is really fearfully impacting all of our lives, our families. You just can't make this stuff up, can you? You know, Malcolm, um, you know, I think I think we've been sleeping for a real long time. I think uh, we've been lulled to sleep by the successes of our country. Um, we've really never had anything threaten us. I mean, yes, we had we had the terrorism, and, and as a New Yorker, when I felt that more than anybody, but I would say the majority of the country didn't feel that really and hit have that hit home. Um, and we've had decades of prosperity. We've enjoyed that. We pretty much could go to the store, get anything we want. You know, we could work all day. We come home, you know, put our feet up, watch TV, and you know, whatever happened happened, and you just continue your day. Go, you know, the next day is the same thing. Next day after that, week after week, year after year, everything is fine. You're, you're, you're no problem. But now we are seeing something completely different. And and I, I would like your your viewers uh, or your listeners to to think about this for a moment. Um, you know. This tyranny that is that that we are dealing with, and that I especially am I'm dealing with in, in my own personal life, mm-hmm. it comes wrapped in an American flag. Mm. It comes wrapped um, mm. with the people that were elected, democratically elected. Well, well, we think democratically elected, if you know what I mean. But um, it comes wrapped in an American flag. And, and if if we were to think of it, about it in a little bit different way, let's just say the Chinese Communist Party were to invade our country and impose these same insane rules and regulations and mandates, Hmm. would the American people feel the same exact way? Or would they be wanting to fight back? Because what's really the difference? Right now, we are seeing um, basically an oligarchy just taking over our country, mandating how you are going to live what you are going to do, what drug you're going to put inside your body. And many people are okay with this. Hmm. Again, if, 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 it was, if it was the Chinese Communist Party coming in here, would we be okay with it? I would think not. I think people would be rising up. But this infringement of our rights has been wrapped in an American flag. And I think that's why people are not realizing what's happening to them. And, you know, Tom, uh, this idea you met, where you mentioned the CCP and China, and we covered that a great deal here. Um, I will tell you that uh, the path we're on right now and where we're headed, uh, that's not so far-fetched anymore. I mean, they could very well. I mean, at some point, and, you know, it's almost like we're in a room, Tom, and we're waiting for the other. Sh- I mean, I-, I feel this way. I- it's almost like we're, well, call it, I guess P- you could almost call it a form of PTSD for people. It's almost like we're wait. It's like we're waiting for the next shoe to drop, like back to that normal, or, you know, how they started preaching the new normal, like, like about right. a year, year and a year. Oh, we're going to get to the new normal. And of course this was the, the Marxist left uh, in lock and step to try to, you know, force a new normal on us. And so I, I get the, 
you know, like how much, what you're bring up a good point. How much is too much, Tom? How much is too much? I mean, where do we say uncle and say, you know what, we're not going to do this anymore. And a lot of people believe we've sort of, we, we we're at that point right now that we're, do you think we're at that point, right? It's serious. Do you believe we're at that point right now? You know, something I think for a lot of people, and this makes me sad to say, but I think for the majority of Americans, they are willing to just do what, what give in to whatever it is. Uh, if, if their life could just be comfortable, they're okay with just being comfortable. Um, but I'll tell you what, you know, when the revolution happened, um, you know, back in the 1770s, most of the people were comfortable also, but a small group of courageous people were able to change everything for everybody. So do I think all is lost for this country? No, I don't. But I do think we need to have a group, even if it's a small group, we need to have a strong, small group of people who are willing to say, no, I'm not letting this go any further. We need to stop this now. But if that small group doesn't rise up, then we, we're in for a, you know, a big problem. Uh, Tom, in your personal life, let me ask you, uh, now, and, and a lot of listeners are hearing you for the first time, so they probably don't even know your story here. But to touch on it, I mean, you were put in a position. Talk to me about that position you were put in. Your job, your physical ed- education teacher, as I say, in the Bronx, New York. What what happens? You got what you do? Get a notice in that says, uh, you know, you will do this or not. How did it all happen for you? Where you realized you were in that uncom- uncomfortable position that you either had to get a vaccine or you had to take the highway, huh? Okay, so it was um, August 23rd of, the, of this summer okay. uh, when uh, the FDA said that, oh, we have an approved vaccine from Pfizer. Now, once the officials, Mayor de Blasio of New York City, um, heard that there was an approved vaccine from Pfizer, immediately, like within minutes, they said, we are now going to mandate that all New York City educational teachers and staff must be uh, must have the vaccine in order to continue their careers. That happened on August 23rd. Obviously, there were uh, different court cases that were challenging this mandate. Um, some of them are still being litigated, but unfortunately, uh, they have lost at every turn we've we've had so far. Tom, um, let me add something yeah. to that vaccine. And by the way, that vaccine, the Pfizer you're speaking about right now with the story, let's remind people that That's was right. EUA. That was emergency use authorization only. Wasn't approved. Uh, it was strictly some emergency use. It, it's, a, it's an experiment, Tom. It's an experiment. And now and is, that should yeah. never be mandated on the American people when it's an experiment. Yet it was put there. And why does a guy like de Blasio run quickly, uh, you know, to, like you say, implement that on people of New York at that point and say, you're going to do this on an experimental vaccine, as you perfectly described a little bit earlier, putting medication into your body that you don't even know what the hell it is. And nor are you, nor are you comfortable with it. And yet you can't even make that decision for yourself, Tom. How sick is that? Yeah, you know, they they try to they really tried to pull a fast one. And even President Biden is still saying this to this day. He's saying that there is an approved an FDA approved vaccine. And and I'll be honest with you, I have an issue with the FDA approving anything that's this early in development without any long term studies. Having said that, they told the American people that the FDA approved a vaccine. That is simply not true. There are two Pfizer vaccines. One is made by a company called BioNTech. And another one is called Cormanity. Cormanity is the one that um, the FDA approved. That is not available anywhere in the U.S. 
it is not being given. So anybody who thinks they're getting an FDA approved vaccine right now, you are not. Let's be clear about that. Mm-hmm. It's very important to understand that fact. No, you're exactly right. And it's all experimental. And yet it's being pushed on the people with these uh, politicians uh, in the case of de Blasio in New York and, of course, of Biden in Washington, where they're demanding then you put this into your body uh, and you take it. And people are then left in the uncomfortable position like you are in, Tom, where you had to choose. And now so when you had to make that decision, what, what was the date you were given before you had, like, what was the final date that you either get the vaccine or you lose Yeah, your the job? final date that they gave us was about a month later, September 27th. They wow. said if we did not get the vaccine by September 27th, okay. we would be out of our job. You, you gave this serious thought, and this is your career, right? Yeah, yeah, this was, um, this was deep. You know, I mean, I've, uh, I've been working since I was 12 years old. You know, I've never not had a job. I've always been earning money. And as a, as a provider, you know, for my wife and children, um, the, the idea of, of, of losing my income, um, an income I spent, you know, I spent six years getting my bachelor's and master's degree to become a teacher, uh, then working 20 years. Uh, it, this would have been my 20th year if I completed it. Um, the idea of, of losing, you know, a, a pretty good paying job and great benefits, that's, that's, that's honestly scary. That's, that's, that's not a great thing to think about. You know, I have my daughter's a senior in high school. My son is a sophomore. You know, college is on the horizon. You know, I, I want to help them, you know, achieve their educational goals. And, you know, the idea of me saying I have to walk away from this, that's a, that was a really, really tough thing. Yeah. Very tough. Yeah. But the, the layers that are being put on real people right now is, is very scary. And it's not business as usual in America, people. Something is happening. And it's not a good thing. And you all out there know what I'm speaking about. Wow. Well, we're speaking to Tom Weirman here. I'm going to have Susan Price join us as well in just a moment here as we pause on the uh, on the program here. Remind you, it's all back at AmericaOutloud.com. This uh, platform is amazing. It's remarkable. I was just telling Tom and Susan before coming on the program, we're blessed, really, really, really blessed at America Out Loud to have such tremendous people, uh, tremendous minds, tremendous voices, uh, people, I mean, just terrific folks. I mean, look at our, all of our writers, our columnists, bloggers, show hosts, both in talk radio and podcast. I mean, smart people, really terrific people. And they're here for the mission. Uh, and it's to right the wrongs. It's to put justice where injustice is. You know, we say here, liberty and justice for all. We mean that. That's absolutely. The only thing we we don't want to do is we don't want to make America a Marxist nation. There's enough of that around the world, people. This American experiment is not for sale and patriots are going to take it back. And we're centered to that fight right here at America Out Loud. So help us out there. Get back to the network and share, share the story, share the show, share the content. Let people know that, my God, we found freedom today. It's alive and well. It's over at AmericaOutloud.com. Just go there, man. It's all there. Freedom. We found it. Liberty. (laughs) There it is. It's right here. It's right there at America. I'm telling you, people, we're the voice of freedom here. That's it. And we're not going to sit down anytime soon. We're going to be out loud about all of it. Uh, You're listening to the voice of a nation. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. 
contact our producer at liberty at americaoutloud.com. Liberty at americaoutloud.com. Healthy Cell makes a wonderful line of products, and I want to spend just a minute with you on REM sleep. Do you know Healthy Cell's product has calming herbs, amino acids, minerals, and sleep hormone support for the four stage human sleep cycle? Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and achieve REM or rapid eye movement sleep. Through the phases, fall asleep easily. That component of sleep is favorably impacted by melatonin, lemon balm extract, and GABA, lowering the body temperature. That element is influenced by glycine, magnesium, and calcium. Deep lasting sleep, L-theanine, vitamin D3, and vitamin B6. And finally, creativity boosting REM sleep, 5-HTP, vitamin B6, and GABA. Many of us think we need to sleep because we're short on sleep, but we need quality sleep. So please consider Healthy Cell REM sleep supplement. I have one tonight and I'm going to have a much better night's sleep if I uh, compared to if not taking it. So go to uh, HealthyCell.com and in the promo box, uh, type in out loud and that'll give you a 20% uh, discount off your first purchase. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is a McCullough Report. Each of us is born with 30 trillion cells that make us. These cells determine how we feel, perform, sleep, focus, and how long we live. And to live our best life, all we have to do is feed our cells. But most food and supplements don't reach our cells, keeping us from reaching our full potential. Make every cell count with Healthy Cell. Founded with a mission to empower people to take control of their own health at the most fundamental level, Dr. Vincent Jampapa, world-renowned cell researcher and medical doctor, created supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. And that's HealthyCell.com. H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. The America Out Loud family is comprised of patriots in the true sense of the word. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty and the Constitution to help save America for future generations to come. AmericaOutloud.com. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. And we join you back here on The Voice of a Nation. Of course, catch our program every day, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You get us anywhere on the world, my friends, on the iHeart app, iHeart Radio. Um, just get that app and America Out Loud Talk Radio, and we're in. You can do it in the car, you can do it at your home, whatever. Our, our apps also are totally free, and they're beautiful because they work, and that's a beautiful thing. Apple, Android, or Alexa. Just go to your app store, type in America Out Loud Talk Radio, or go to our site, right? America Out Loud links are there as well throughout the site. 
uh, where you can get that. We have a media player as well. Listen to us anywhere in the world. Uh, again, voice of liberty and justice for all. That's what it's about. And uh, become part of the movement and part of folks taking it back. So uh, we're talking here about this ripple effect today. And, uh, you know, I've, I've just been feeling my heart in the last many days about people that are so fearful. And I, and I sense it out there, little children, families, and you know, I just know what people are going for. And now you see all the news broadcasters talking about, oh, we got a supply chain problem. And of course, if there wasn't a supply chain problem before they got on every news broadcaster reminded us every hour on the hour that there is a supply chain problem, you know, we might have had half a shot. But now that's all you'll be hearing because they only do one story at a time and they do it incessantly till you vomit. And that's what you'll be hearing now, the supply chain problem. And you'll have nothing for Christmas. Like that old song, little Johnny's getting nothing for Christmas. You've been bad. Well, of course, I don't think all Americans have been bad. And we're entitled to more. That's all I'm saying here. You know, so, well, anyways, we have a... Got a couple of folks to join us on the program today. You were just talking to Tom Weirman. He'll be back on in a moment with us. I, I, I like this uh, Tom a lot. He's a, a New York um, a physical education teacher. And, and he basically, they said, you will mandate you'll get this vaccine. He said, ah. you, it, when I just said it that way, my hand went under my chin. And you know how you do it up in the Northeast? You go, Argh. you know what that means, don't you? That's that's a visual you can just watch and see me do. Yeah, I'm not going to say what it means, but you know what it means. That's what he said back to them. Basically, you do with your mandated vaccine. That's a tough decision, people, especially with a family. I mean, now you're, then you've got to scramble, as he was saying, coming on here. Now it's resume time and everything else. Well, let's bring on Susan Price. Susan's an investigative researcher, a patriot, veteran advocate, gold star mother. And uh, she is out loud style. Uh, all right, Susan, we're in a. We're in a heap of trouble here in, in our nation and uh, this ripple effect that's impacting, like I said, real families in real time. And I feel like we're suffocating. Uh, really, I do. And I, and I feel for people and I think people have to push back. But, you know, these ma mandates and and it's not just mandates, Susan, it's everything in life right now that they're forcing on us. And now the fear of, you know, you're getting nothing for Christmas you know, is is upon us right now. It's like, how much more do you think we can take, Susan, before we start all screaming on the mountaintops here, getting well, out loud? <laughs> well, Malcolm, if I may echo back to something very profound that Tom had mentioned about political tyranny wrapped in the American flag. As you remember, that's my reason for why that I am here and been with you for five years. Mm -hmm. My American... Uh, reason wrapped in the American flag was the death of my Marine son, high profile death of my Marine son, which opened my eyes. And I was very much awake and going back to 9-11 and the whole thing. But when the whole COVID mess started, I saw like you did, we connect the dots because that's what we do. We're the watchmen and women. And we see and we try to educate and how we help people is by not that we know everything, but we share information. We speak out loud. We are the people, the less than 1% that like the Revolutionary War that got involved in the fight, the grassroots. And I know if my son were here today, when he was killed 12 years ago, he would be taking part of some grassroots venture to leading the pack. And I know that he would have retired two years ago. 
So my reason for why and seeing what's going on, and I come from New York too. I'm from Western New York and my family still lives there. They talk about what's going on with the once Cuomo ruled governor, who's now Kathy Hochul. And, and Tom also touched on one of the companies uh, responsible for the vaccine, which that governor's daughter-in-law worked for. So people need to do their own research and uh, we all respect people's opinions, but there's so much political tyranny that's taken place. And unless everybody stands up because the battlefield that once started out in Iraq and Afghanistan has worked its way into our churches, schools, communities, and American way of life. And very soon, those other 99% of Americans are going to see what Tom and I have dealt with and are dealing with. They're going to be hit at their front door with right. the reality of this crisis. So the, the tyranny and the Revolutionary War and all of this gets my attention, Susan. And, you know, a few years back, as we've seen a lot of these policies and a lot of these ideas start to drip, and I'm talking about through the Obama regime, basically, Susan, okay? Yeah. And uh, through those years, and we've seen a lot of the tendencies of where they were trying to take the country. And really, uh, Obama really didn't hide that. He talked about the transformation of America. He went around the world and apologized for American values. Uh, he never liked American exceptionalism. He said every country was exceptional. I mean, so this kind of was the appetizer for what we're dealing with now. There was another interesting thing that Obama did. He was on a talk show with Colbert and he, and, and I, I, you know, I didn't believe this at first because I didn't see it when it happened, but he, he literally is on there talking about the fact that uh, if he could uh, uh, be kind of a fly in the wall with the president at some point in the future, uh, that and just like a puppet almost tell that president what to do because they you know th there was some sort of a question about that and and uh, he responded oh he would love that he would love to be able to sit in the backdrop and do, do you remember that comment Susan do you know what I'm talking about yeah well you know he's always been a puppet because and let's not forget the Obama and Biden administration is one and and actually the they were predecessors from uh, the Clinton and the Bush. So, right. Um, What's well, a one know. world government? It's a kumbaya one world government thing. There, there you but go. my point is, Biden is uh, really that man right now that he suggested on air, on Gobier, yeah. that he would love the opportunity to be in his ear. And so I would imagine Biden's got, we know he's got the earpieces. I imagine he, as he goes through his things all day, and he's, they've got him propped up like Weekend at Bernie's, uh, you know, that he's, he's the, oh yeah, yeah, he's the one that, you know, in fact, they got it, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. They they created a stage White House across the street. You know this, Susan, right? I mean, oh, it's a, I do, yeah. yes. And they're doing all his uh, exercises there because he needs special equipment and special, as they have him propped up like Weekend for Bernie's, they got a broomstick up his backside, holding him up there in the chair, Susan, like this here almost, a little uncomfortable <laughs> like this and then you know they got that going on and uh they got the screens in front of him as he's talking and saying what he needs to say and uh this is and what do they say this is uh, tom uh, tom get on here with us here what do they say here that this man the president here the most powerful man in the world is that what that's supposed to be is that what joe is that the is that the uh is, is that the position biden has he's the most powerful man in the world is that what we call it 
That's well, he, he would he would be the most powerful man in the world if if he actually was was running things himself. I think it's pretty clear <laughs> that, um, you know, a 47, 49 year old a year politician um, has, has pretty much worked his way through, you know, the different channels to get to where he's gotten. And he didn't do so by being courageous. He did so by kowtowing to whatever anybody wants. I love so, what yeah, you I say there, Tom. Really I true. love what you say there. Now, oh, my you. I mean, you're right. When you think, Tom, come on. When you think of Joe Biden, is the word courageous the first thing that comes to one's mind? <laughs> no. I mean, if you just look at his history, the man flip-flops, whichever way the culture wind is blowing, yeah. that's the way he's going to go. I mean, that's, that's honestly, we really look at it. That's pretty much the way the Democratic Party typically works. They put their thumb out. They lick their thumb. They see which way the wind is blowing, and that's the way they're going to go. Sure. So there's really no courageousness in that at all. Yeah, he's been a follower all his life. As you say, he kowtows is the right. That's what you said. You perfectly uh, said. And he, he plays along with that. Uh, right now, a lot of people believe that Obama is. Do you think Obama is running a good part of the agenda, Tom? Uh, is it, now, is that a serious question? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like let's it. be honest. I mean, no, I, I, don't, I don't think he is. You know, and look, I, I, I really I really try hard. But not to disparage my leaders. I, I just as, as a Christian, I, I don't I don't want to do that. But I mean, it's clear, you know, not everything is working for him physically well right now. Um, I really don't think that he's got the, the mental uh, uh, ability to really make all these decisions. You know, as you said a few minutes ago, you know, Obama had said, I would love to be a fly on the wall. I, I think sure. I think he might be a little bit more than a fly on the wall. He might, well, that's he might, my question. That's it. That's it. Know, he might actually be in the room, you know, maybe not physically, but with right. his, you know, with his people. But, but Tom, I, I want to I push back a moment on something here. Hold on. And Susan, this is important because Tom, respectful guy, Christian man, and I get it. And he says, well, you know, and this is important. Listen to me a minute. He says, well, you know, I really don't like to disparage early, but I'm going to say to you, Tom, you know, that's the problem. We don't have a choice right now. We have to disparage these leaders because these leaders do not have our best interest at heart. And I don't think there's a choice, Tom. We need to get more Christians off the pot instead of being phonies. We got to get them into the game in despair. I'm a, I mean, I'm going to push back a little bit. Don't I mean, do I have a point here or not? Isn't no, it time no, you, to you have a point. I, 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 you know, you have a point. I, I think the way sometimes the way people do it is not a way where you're going to win the, the hearts and minds of other people. As you know, listen, we, we've heard the chance at, at all the, uh, the different ball games, the arenas that are, you know, saying F Joe Biden and all that. And yeah, it may, listen, I ain't going to lie. I, I may, I might giggle a little bit. I might smile a little bit, but if we're really going to try to win hearts and minds, I don't think we're going to do so by, by taking the low road, call them out, say what they're doing is wrong. Go after them for those reasons. I'm not so sure, though, though if, we, if we really want to take the, go down that road uh, and take in the low road. But, yes, I agree. We should absolutely criticize them, call them out for whatever they're doing that's wrong, which I'm, there's, there's plenty to call them out for. We have, no, <laughs> we have plenty of material, but I think we have to do it the right way. If we're going to change the mind of the independent, you know, the independent voter, you know, who maybe didn't like necessarily the way, you know, President Trump went, went about certain things. Because I'll be honest with you, I know a lot of people who didn't vote for President Trump simply based upon the way he went about things. Mm -hmm. Now, I loved his decision making. I thought his decisions were fantastic. I thought he was the most courageous president that I've seen since Ronald Reagan. Mm -hmm. But if we want to win hearts and minds, we're going to have to be I think a little bit more diplomatic with the way we say it without compromising what we say.
Yeah. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And, and I've been talking about that for some time because what's happening is what you're speaking about is the irritation. It's like rubbing salt in the wound, right, Tom? It's like rubbing right. salt in the wound. And a lot of people felt Trump had done that and they felt that was very ineffective. But if we're going to enamor or pleasure the moderates or the independents or the left of center is what you're saying, you don't do that by throwing salt in the wound is what you're saying, right? Yeah. You know, and, and what Donald Trump did was really fascinating to me. And I, I thought a lot about this because um, I'm going to be completely honest with you here. When he was running for president before, you know, before he actually became president yeah. in 2015, I honestly was really against him. I thought he was a fraud. I did not think he was going to govern as a conservative. I looked at his past. Yeah. Yeah. I looked at who he gave money to. I, I thought of all these things. I did not like the way he conducted himself. I mean, I was a big Ted Cruz fan. Um, you know, I liked Governor Walker a lot as well. I really didn't like Trump, and I thought he was going to govern as a liberal. So for the first time in my life, yeah. I didn't vote for anybody for president wow. in 2016. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I, I, I felt I, would, I, was, I was wrong. I couldn't live with myself if I, if I, if I was just, you know, doing that i couldn't vote for him wow. uh, I'll, I'll be honest i've never been so happy to be wrong in my entire life i'm being completely honest with you because president trump did things that i don't even think ted cruz would have done and i'm telling you i love ted cruz. I still love him so when he ran for re-election you voted for him then i absolutely did 100 percent. i i, I yeah. was very happy to do so yeah and here's the really interesting thing that i think trump did though for all of his faults with the way he says things or with the way he would disparage people and whether he would do things, people finally were like, you know what? I have a voice again. All the people who were afraid to be a conservative because they were so afraid of being called racist and being called this and being called that, even though they, they knew they weren't, they were always afraid to say anything back. And President Trump gave people their voices back. And I don't think any of those candidates would have done that. Mm -hmm. I just yeah. don't think they would have. And we have a lot to thank him for. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Trump was a surprise to a lot of people, because, as you said, you're exactly right when you said uh, that he was uh, not the most conservative voice that would come to your mind. And a lot of people felt the way. In fact, he knew that as well. That's why, Tom, he came out with that list of uh, of Supreme Court justices. That's because uh, he had no he had no uh, responsibility to do that. It's actually unheard of that we would demand a candidate to provide the list for us. You know what I mean? You know, yes, absolutely. that was but that was because a lot of people felt that he would wasn't going to be conservative. His past, he played he knew how to play. You know, the thing about Trump is he knew how to play the system and he, he, he did Democrats and Republicans in life. But I think what surprised a lot of Americans is he became and you're exactly right, the most conservative president in our lifetime. Uh, and that's a, that was a shocker for a lot of people. He was more conservative than Ronald Reagan was uh, completely. So, and you're right, when Tom says, well, a lot of Republicans could not have done a lot of the things Trump did. They were very daring, very bold. And you needed a, a, a bold leader and somebody very daring. But from a PR standpoint, you know, there were times early on in his administration, I, I was hoping that I, I would have loved to have the opportunity to coach uh, Donald Trump. Uh, as a PR guy, as a marketing guy, it's what I did a lot for a living is, um, you know, the persona we put out there and what's the brand. I was a brand builder, building brands and understood, uh, you know, what was behind that. And I wanted to help him soften his image a little bit, all the things that Tom just talked about early in his administration, because I knew he was uh, 
he was, uh, you know, pissing on the tulips is what I, is the way I always phrase it, you know, and people were not happy with that. And, you know, you, you can, some of that's fun for sport, but at some point you got to, you got to back off. You can't, you know, you can't keep uh, doing that with your Wheaties in the morning, people, you know, you, you got to have a real sense. So, and, you know, the moderates, independents, all of that left the center. I mean, th- these are people who vote <laughs> and, you know, you don't want to be such a crazy guy that they think, oh, this guy's out of his mind. I mean, you know, whatever. Now, I think a lot of these people would gleefully and happily uh, and uh, take uh, Donald Trump back in a hot second, knowing that what we got in the White House right now is somebody that's embracing a, a far left Marxist agenda, bankrupting our nation uh, morally, socially and surely economically. And now they'd be happy to embrace uh, what we speak about with the Donald Trump. But anyways, it's a it's a lot of things that come out of here. I'm seeing with this ripple effect. uh, I love this tyranny wrapped in the American flag. Very, very interesting way to phrase things that Tom puts out there. Susan embraces. uh, And, you know, I'm also thinking this disparaging our leaders. There's something there. Uh, It's an interesting argument to conversation. We started with Tom a little bit later in the program that also got my attention. Uh, I'm going to come back to those two points ahead because I think they're valid and and, and uh, things we should talk about. Uh, many of our leaders don't deserve the time of day. Uh, and it is time we get into their face and we back them off the ledge uh, because they're bankrupt in our nation in every way possible. I'm talking every way. I'm talking morally. I'm talking, you know, our brains, our minds. I'm talking certainly economically. You see what they're doing here time and again here. But anyways, um, well, listen, uh, friends, big thank you here, first of all, to Tom Weirman um, and uh, Susan Price uh, for joining us here. And, uh, you know, this ripple effect, uh, again, my, my heart goes out to so many people, but we, we've got to continue to stand against this tyranny. We've got to push back against the fear. And uh, we can't take uh, can't take no for an answer, people. We've, we've, th- there's only one path forward. And it's going to be to get all people, all hands on deck to be able to do this. Um, Susan brought up a very interesting point earlier, too, we need to talk about ahead. That 1%, she's right. We talk about the Revolutionary War, the 1% who changed history. Remember that. Let's make a note of that right now. The, the 1%, okay? The 1%, just remind me of that later, who changed history. Uh, and we need to be doing that. The 1% who changed history. Something important there that uh, we need to talk about just ahead there. Uh, my fellow Americans, thanks for joining me, being on the mission here each time uh, to get involved and get loud.